Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel. And this is the show where we talk a little bit about things other than politics, maybe give us a better understanding on politics. Uh, Zoe, for the last couple of weeks, we've done kind of paired shows, not really two-parters so much as just mirror images of the same concept. And um, I'd love to tell you that I'm going to do it again because of the unbelievable feedback and, and stuff that we've got. But the, the actual reason is it's easier for me to remember than two new shows. Uh, so um, here's what I thought we might talk about today. Um, talk about uh, fear of failure and fear of success. And I think we'll say fear of success to second because it's a little tougher to understand. So let's talk about fear of failure. Now, I've bashed this against the wall so many times. It's just a bloody pulp. But... The reason SpaceX is making such incredible progress is they're not afraid to fail. They go out and blow things up and they learn their lessons from it. Uh, one of the things I've, I've seemed to have noticed as I've gone through life is that the people who have the greatest fear of failure, at least in terms of public failure, are the ones with the lowest self-esteem, that, that people with, with a, kind of a, a sort of a fixed mentality uh, who believe that fate is determined and all the rest of it, whatever the case may be, people who don't see themselves as an opportunity to learn from failure and then get better, uh, they see failure as a sign of, um, uh, well, failure. But, but, that, <laughs> but, but, but some people don't attach great shame to that. Some people don't attach uh, even a, you know antipathy towards it. Some people really understand that failure is the greatest way to learn about um, what we do. So I think we've already talked about failure so much. I want to talk about fear of failure and fear of success. So what is it, do you think, about failure that some people find so debilitating that it makes them, uh, it just, de just incapacitates them from taking any action in the first place? Well, I didn't know we were going to make this episode about me, man. I, <laughs> you know, and, well, this is yours, and fear of success is mine. We'll get to that one. <laughs> and uh, you know, and, 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 and it's good that you preface these by by uh, saying that this is not so much about the politics, because a lot of folks, and this is and, and this is a failure that people should be afraid of, and and I don't see a fear of this failure. That a lot of the things that we want, we think are going to be solved politically. Like there's somebody's going to like go into office and and they're going to fix these things, and and it's going to be like our official stamp that the culture is going this way. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 it it doesn't work that way. Uh, and that's that's something that I think we need to learn to have a healthy fear of and be mindful of how to uh, approach this in another way. And. Um, for for people on personal levels, because hey, th these people represent us, so they represent our personal feelings and all that sort of stuff, and our views and whatnot. So that is something that we need to tackle, even on a personal level, without taking it so personal and feel like we're in, entitled to certain things and and, and representation. But um, in terms of fear of failing, you know, I don't. Okay. Yeah, it, it hurts. People don't like to be uncomfortable. Uh, you don't want your body to be hurt. You don't want your pride to be hurt any more than you want your, your body to be hurt. These are things that people tend to want to avoid. Uh, even politically, we've got you know, people who are obsessed with assuming that they can protect people from pain. They can protect people from shame. Yeah. They can protect people from death. They almost have like this messianic approach That's to where right. they, they nothing just, bad can happen to me or the people I care about. Exactly. That whole thing of trading off, you know, freedom for security and stuff like that. And we have a system that assumes 
that they can um, insulate people and provide this security against their insecurities. And these, if we don't handle these things, then yeah, these things manifest politically. That's why people are, you know, they're going like, what is our government doing to us? Because our government is preying on our insecurities under the guise of security. And with, with that, this fear of failure is a massive failure <laughs> that, that, that we're being, and it's engineered, man. This, this isn't like something that's an accident. This is, this is being done on purpose. Yeah, and, um, you know, because it's, it's a niche that's easy to tap into. And, but the fear of failure, it, it comes down to, well, it's uncomfortable and the failure of shame. But we notice now you can kind of see it that, um, we were talking about shame, but shame is becoming fashionable. Like the, the things that we considered shameful. That's right. It's fashionable to do these things now. Um, so I, I guess the direction that I'm going with this bill is like, it's, it used to be a time where we could under, I don't want to say for lack of a better way of putting a, a understanding of fear of failure. That might be, I mean, it's something that needs to be addressed, but right now it's one of those things where, okay, failing and failing, at, I mean, really failing at something that's just not productive, not something that's constructive as being fashionable. But yes, even in this time with this culture of failure, we have to learn from that too and not be afraid to face it, face the things that we failed at that got us to this point so we don't keep repeating this because that would be a massive failure too. Yeah. Well, I've, as I say, I've talked a lot about failure and the benefit of failure and the and the and the people who do the most succeeding are the ones who seem to be least afraid of failure. So what I'm really kind of going at uh, today, at least from, from my point of view, is how can we help people understand this dynamic so that they, they become not so afraid to fail? Because the fear of failure is one of the reasons why you don't attempt to do things. And uh, the fear of success is another one. But, but failure really, if you, if you come at it with the right mindset, is is really your friend. Science is a great example. This is talking about real science now, not government science. <laughs> um, in science, you set up an experiment, and you would think that if the experiment fails, that's you know a failure. But actually, having having a negative result from an experiment actually tells you much more than a positive result does. For example, if you have a theory and then you set up an experiment, and the experiment confirms that your theory is right. That what, that what you expected to happen happens, then you can say good, but there's still many other reasons why what I'm seeing could be happening. In other words, if you have an experiment that's successful, it doesn't lock anything out. On the other hand, if you have an experiment that, that has a negative result, then you can say, okay, we know it's not this. So in, in a lot of ways, failure is, is much more concrete, really, than success is because it eliminates pathways. It, it, it eliminates pathways that, that don't have truth at the end of them. And that is much more uh, specific. And, and if you can get your mind around it, much more useful than success. For example, let's say you want to be a you know, I always come back to the things that I had some experience with. Let's say I wanted to be a really good baseball player. If I hit a, a home run, then, okay, that's great. I haven't really learned anything from that. If, on the other hand, I find out that I'm continually striking out to, um, to you know, to uh, sinking uh, 
fastball, then that will allow me to adjust my swing or adjust my judgment. And the failure from that particular set of circumstances shows a weakness. And if it's a consistent weakness, I can work on that weakness. Definitely, man. I mean, wouldn't it be great if like, you know, we had an idea and could just go ahead and go to the drawing board and then and then make this bad boy and it just work right off the bat? Oh, man. That would be fantastic. Uh, but chances are, you know, one is going to uh, uh, fail a lot at doing these things. Like, say, for my, uh, like, if we're talking about the fear of failure, like, that's something that I've struggled with, you know, for a long time. Like, say, for instance, I don't, uh, you know, uh, and, and I don't want to say this to, like, <laughs> to dig a hole, like, with my participation in these videos, but I don't like public speaking. I, I don't like do it. I, I feel whenever I do public speaking, it's like one thing I can't stand to do is like kind of or like do panels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I can't stand to watch myself talk in panels. I, I can't stand it. And for me, every time I do it, it's like I feel like a, it's a failure. Um, I, I may feel like, you know, uh, I didn't get my point across. Uh, I ramble too much, you know, or, or, or whichever. It's something that I'm, ac I'm actually really insecure about. Um, I don't like public speaking. And I always go back to the word because Moses was the same way. Uh, hey, you know, God, I don't particularly think I'm a well-spoken person. I don't think I can get my point across. And, and it, this really annoyed guys. Look, boy, I called you to do this. Okay. You're doing it. <laughs> you can, you can do it, you know? So I, I struggle with the same thing. Um, you know, and, and there's like, we've talked about before, there's different schools of thought on these things. Like, look, if you've got, it, it's not like I don't have a passion about the things that I speak of and whatnot in terms of the medium to which to do it, just like a form of which I'm speaking. It's like, no, man, I, I, I feel better about doing it in a creative form, doing it through music, doing it through a script or something like that, a, a teleplay or whatnot, some sort of creative medium. But just talking is not something that I'm like particularly secure about, um, you know, but you know, praise be to God. Some people think that I'm pretty decent at it. So I, I, I do it. And, what if I if I never took advantage of that? My my message may have never, you know, if whatever my observations I have, I never would have been able to share. And I've had to face some, I've faced a lot of, you know, failures doing this. And one of my failures is turning down opportunities. Dude, I've been offered, you know, jobs in radio. It's like, look, man, we're going to put you on a platform. We're going to put you on at this hour, prime time hours. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't think I have three hours worth of gab in me to just sit and talk into a microphone. I don't think I could do that. Um, now that's a, a failure of me succumbing to my insecurities when people are like, dude, I'd love to hear you do that, you know, and that kind of form, like I said, it's not necessarily a passion of mine. I just have the passion for the subjects at hand. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and that's really why I kind of wanted to get to this as a topic because the, the fear of failure is in, in my mind, I guess where I'm going at least what I'm circling around trying to aim at is the fear of failure can prevent you from doing things that if you were to get over this fear of failure and just go out there and fail if you had to, mm -hmm. you would probably find that you wouldn't fail nearly as often as you expected to, number one. And number two, with the case that you just mentioned, you may find that things that you think you're, you're a complete failure at, you're actually very good at, and that they are essentially just illusions that are caused by uh, insecurities or, or or whatever might have triggered that in you know back in your past it's it's the fear of failing at something that prevents you from succeeding at something and I'll save fear of success to the next episode but I think that's really kind of what I'm going for now this this is an old memory and I'm, I may have this 
completely backwards. But I seem to remember back in the 80s when Japan was really starting to take off, when Japanese cars were selling and Japanese electronics were the best and America's kind of looking around going, what the hell happened? Made in Japan used to be just incredibly cheaply built stuff. And I seem to remember that somewhere in Japanese corporate culture, they would take um, employees and, and pin a bunch of failure ribbons to them and and they didn't pin them on them if they failed. They pinned all of them on them. Mm. And then by succeeding, they would get to take this particular one off, right? Nervous in front of people. Well, you're going to wear that badge until you, you, you know, you get comfortable doing it, at which point we'll remove it. And I thought, that's kind of weird. But as I think about it now, that's kind of where I'm going with this, is that, is that, Going through things that you're afraid of, in this case, failure, allows you to remove the fear of them. It allows you to take it off of you. And the reason for this is we almost always tend to completely, completely overestimate the consequences of our failures, right? And this is part of this, you know, thinking that we're gods who, who walk the earth kind of thing. If I fail at this, then this will happen, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. Or if I fail at this, you know you know what I mean? It's like somebody invites you to go speak at a tea party event, let's say, using your example. And if you get up there and you don't knock it out of the park, some part of us thinks that this is going to be national news, you know? It's going to be like breaking national news. Uh, this just in, Alfonso Rachel uh, stumbles during it. And, and it's like, no, that fear has magnified the action to the point where we can no longer take the action. And this is an enemy of progress and achievement. And I see it as one of the other reasons why I wanted to talk about this, that I'm seeing this more and more with young people is this fear of failure because they've never been allowed to fail and everything they do has to be a group effort that's shared and so on. So if you, if you have this overwhelming fear of failure and I don't know what to do, then you're depriving yourself of the gift of initiative. And I've always felt that initiative, the ability to decide something and then to do it, go out and in, and, and in, uh, well, I'll go with my original word, go out and inflict your will upon reality. I've decided I'm going to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And I don't care about all of the things that can go wrong. I'm going to have the courage necessary to face those fears and push through them, and I will fail in certain areas, and I'll take that as a, as a lesson. But this lack of initiative, this lack of, of ownership of your life seems to be becoming much more common, and it's, it's a terrible, terrible waste of, of human capital to have people sitting around with great ideas in their heads and not executing them and bringing them into the world because they're afraid of what might happen if things don't go well. Well, they're not going to go well. I'll tell you right now, from the beginning, every single successful person you ever met got there because of things not going well. And if you can just get past the fear of that and accept that it's part of the process, then the world will be a better place, I think. Word, that's a word to the wise, man. And, and you know, we're, we're in a culture, man, where nobody wants to end up being a Karen. And, you know, and, and we got who wants to be a part of um, 
fail vines. You know, you go, you go online and you say fail, fail, fail. You see all these people like, you know, and, and it's, it's just failing at doing like, you know, uh, uh, typical stuff that people do every day. We're not even talking about like innovations or anything like that. But, you know, who wants to be made of, I mean, we got a culture of bullies out there and, you know, who are ready to tear somebody apart just because they tried to do something and they failed, you know, and then you got a culture out there who, you know, people who are, who have a healthy sense of opportunism, who capitalize on what it was that you're trying to do and yep. then just do it better before you even know it, you know? Yep. Uh, so, you know, I guess, you know, I could see where a lot of people would be afraid to fail, but here's the thing about this, this fear of failure. What's at the root of it? Pride. I'm too Pride. proud to fail. That's you know exactly saying? right. You yes. know, and, and I have, to, I have to assume responsibility even in myself where it's like, I'm too proud to fail. I don't want, and, and the thing is, you know, when if you don't get out there and you don't sharpen yourself, and and because a lot of times these these mediums that you do, it might be the most controlled medium that you could do it. It might be when you're starting out, it's the safest place for you to make these failures. You know, it's like I taught martial arts for a long time. It's like, look, and when we and we and when we did these fights, you know, we 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 practiced, we were bare, bare knuckle fighters. You know, we we went all out, and it's like this is the place right here where you want to make the mistakes. You know, because yeah. at least here, you know, when you start getting grounded and pounded, it's like we can say, okay, he, he's had enough. Yeah, this is where I'm going with this whole episode. Yeah. That's precisely right. Yes. But, but when but when we studied, and I'm, and, and I, I, let me say this, I'm not assuming to, to say that, hey, I'm this kick butt kind of guy. I don't even particularly think that I'm a talented fighter, but I think I'm a pretty okay teacher um, in terms of martial arts. And, you know, because I've even had my students like, you know, put <laughs> give, me, give me a run for my money. And um, but, you know, it's like this is the place. And, you know, we didn't have like mats, man. The floor was concrete. You know, you don't when you're out there and, and, and you got to defend yourself, it ain't going to be like you're rubbing your forehead and scraping your elbows on some mats. It's going to be asphalt. It might be some glass and all that sort of stuff. So we train that way. This is where you want to make those mistakes. You can't be afraid to get on the floor with your opponent, all right, or maybe even two. Heck, I might even throw a third one in there, right? Because, you know, you might want to do so. Hey, all the fights go to the ground and we got to do the ground fighting. Yeah, but did you learn how to protect yourself from Cousin Joe who wants some too and is stomping your, in your head while this person is wrestling, while you're trying to work out that arm bar on the ground? Okay, so, you know, these places where you can't be afraid. This is, you want to talk about a medium where you can't be afraid to fail. <laughs> this is this is one of those. That's meetings. a good one. Yeah, being an airline pilot is another case where exactly. you probably yes. should have a pretty good fear of failure. And now here's here's the thing, you know, even the Lord Himself shows. It's like, look, I I'm pretty good at doing stuff, and <laughs> even I even I didn't like snap my finger and expect that everything was going to be perfect right off the bat. I took a process to this, and every day I examined it and says, okay, this is good. I examined it again the next day. It's yeah, this profound. is good. And at the end of it, you know, yeah, it's very good. Now, what God is doing is that I'm painting a picture. I'm painting a picture of a seven-day creation. I'm going to associate the number seven with perfection and completion. I'm I never a, really thought of God as an engineer in that way, then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, let's do the foundation. Let's do the basics and not build the thing from the top down. Let's make sure that the wheels turn first. Is everything good? Yeah, it's good. Okay, yes. we do the next thing. That's really interesting. Never thought of it that way. Well, and the thing is, if people read the whole account, they'll find out that this isn't necessarily a creation period. It's a restoration. Right. This thing has already been done. You know, people think those well, earth's been here like billions of years. Yeah, it probably has. And the Lord lets you know right up front. It's like, yeah, this is actually a restoration. I know this is going to step on a lot of toes, but that's when you break the whole thing down. You'll see that it's a restoration period. God is basically doing a reboot. Took a long time to come up with computers. Right. But now we can go ahead and manufacture them pretty quickly. But 
jump to where the Lord is, he's this, this person in Jesus Christ represented by the number seven, the perfection, the completion, the one who says, hey, it's finished. Your atonement is done. Here's the thing. Even he knew, I ain't gonna reach everybody. I've got a perfect message. I created you. And even this is not going to hit a home run with people. In a way, it's the ultimate fail. He lost, he's gonna lose a number of his creation. That's a great point too. That's a great point too. I mean, the, like the, the world's greatest batting average is something like 400, right? Mm. Which means that six times out of 10, you get up there and you fail. Uh, and and you're you know and and most for most baseball players it's closer to seven or eight times out of ten that you get to bat you you fail most of the time you fail so one way to look at the fear of failure is to say that if you do the effort even if you only succeed one out of five times that's a batting average of two hundred if you succeed you know one out of uh, two out of five times then then you're the greatest baseball batter that ever lived. Um, and one of the nice things about these shows is since we don't, Zoe never knows what the topics are until I open my <laughs> mouth. And I don't know what they are until I get out of the elevator on the way up here. But one of the nice things about being able to just sort of, you know, freelance riff about this is it gives me a chance to wallow in my own crapulence, which I like to do as often as I can. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier that, that fear of failure is really a lack of, of self-confidence. And... And I learned something very important about the fear of failure, and I learned it by accident. And so somewhere around 1986 or 87, I was living in Fort Lauderdale, and I was working with a bunch of guys, and we were trying to do, um, you know, just commercial film projects, like TV commercials and stuff. And one of the few jobs we got was we got a job shooting the interiors of, of apartments for a person who was an interior designer. She hired us to put a bunch of these things together. So we hired four actors, the, the couple at home and the friends. And I figured, okay, well, with four actors, it's not just a pan of the room. They can walk through the room. They can have discussions. And it's a, just a better way to show things off. So we'd done a bunch of these things. And it was getting late at night. It was 8.30, 9 o'clock. We'd been there for a long time. And I had this scene where I had to get people from one room into another. And I've got a dolly laid out there and stuff. And I, and I could not sort it. And without even thinking about it, I just kind of said, look, I, I don't have any idea on how I'm going to move you from here to there. If any of you guys have a, an idea on how to do this, I would love to hear it because I'm just completely stuck. And I, I didn't think anything about it. That really just came, that moment came and went. But at the, at the end of the night, all four of those actors came in together. They're practically holding hands. And they said that they went out to the parking lot after this thing was over and they, they discussed it and they wanted to come back and tell me. And two of them said, we just worked yesterday on a Coke commercial with the biggest commercial director in the country, the top guy. And he was, he was constant. Don't anybody tell me what to do. I'm not, but just constantly, constantly. He said, your admission that you didn't know what to do was the most confident thing that we have ever seen. And we were so blown away by it. We all four decided we wanted to come in and tell you. And I said, well, th thank you very much. And, and that lesson has stayed with me because it made me realize that, that having the confidence to accept the fact that you might be screwing things up or to announce it and not be so terrified and so prideful that you can't let anybody know, no, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing. No, no, I know the exact opposite. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Somebody want to help me. 
the idea that people would look at that as an incredibly positive aspect rather than a negative aspect, instead of them going out to the cars, you know, God, that guy, what an idiot, you know, he didn't even know how to do a basic crossing setup like that. That wasn't the response they had at all. They had such a strong feeling about it that they came back into the place and, and, and made a point of telling me. Yeah, man. It's, you know, humility goes a long way. And it does. It, and it takes humility. That's the thing about it. It takes humility to be able to fail. That that pride thing will get in the way of it, you know, and uh, where you can't you can't grow. Uh, it, and it's like you, you definitely want to grow, um, you know, in <clears throat> you want to grow from your failure, not, you know, not not be stunned by your ego. Um, you know, and the funny thing about ego is, is ego can get puffed up. You know, it grows and grows and, and, and you can shrink. Now, we see a lot of people out there who are very, you know, who have a lot of bravado. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I guess even in their own persona, they're too, you know, big to fail. And, you know, some people, everybody's personality is a little bit different. Some people need that. They need, uh, and, and need's not a good word, but, you know, they need to, to see this person who, who, who can't fail. Uh, and then you have some people who, who are, who, who can respect somebody who's like, say, you know what? Um, I, I dig your humility. I dig that you're willing to try and, and, you know, you're, you're willing to fail and well, and also assume and, and can fail and absorb the cost of their failure because you That's have right. some people Own it. Who, yeah, yeah. Who, who will drag other people into their, into their failures and then make them feel like they're responsible because they failed or something like that. And that's, that's another aspect of failure too. So we don't want to be those people. No, uh, I don't get driving tickets anymore because I'm married. But <laughs> back when I was uh, a single guy and I first got my Camaro, I was able to talk myself out of the only speeding ticket that I was ever able to talk myself out of. And I've had a few. Uh, and the way I talked myself out of the speeding ticket was I was going up this hill as a 45 zone and I was doing pushing 60 and a cop lit up behind me and pulled me over. And he said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, yes, sir. It's because I was doing uh, 60 miles an hour in a 45 zone. Hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you're the first person who has told me the truth in two weeks. Hmm. <laughs> Go on. Don't do it again. No, sir. I won't. And that lesson is something that stayed with me as well. The lesson being that you can talk yourself out of anything if you just admit to it. No, the, the lesson being that that humility and owning owning a failure and owning psych that that's why he let me go. Not I wasn't trying to oh I don't know why uh, well, I was speeding or I was listening. No. I I committed a crime. I acknowledge I committed a crime and I'm ready to face the consequences of, of the failure that I had when I failed to follow the speed limit. And I'm not going to blow sunshine at you and try to convince you that I didn't do it because I did do it. That's a, a, a final aspect, I think, of this entire process that is a big part of it is, as you mentioned, is just owning the responsibility for, for doing it wrong not only allows you to not do it wrong in the future, but it, it lets the people around you know that this failure is not compounded by your inability to accept it. And, and, then, your, and then your endless procession of excuses and, and reasons and all the rest of it, which is really much more reprehensible than the failure in the first place. Well put, man. And I think it would be a fail if I tried to add to that. Okay. Well, I, I completely agree. With that. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this. <laughs> Zoe hates public speaking. I come home and there's a, just 15 monitors in the house running endless loops of me talking in front of all these, uh, oh, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm a god who walks the earth. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signals made possible by the members at BillWhittle.com. 
And we're very, uh, very grateful to have all of you there. So we'll see you next time right here on The Virtue Center.